Welcome to the Big Break Software Podcast. We'll be talking with software startup founders, software coaches, and consultants, and how they found their own software success. And now, let's get started with the show. Hi, everyone. This is Jordy Wardman here, host of the Big Break Software Podcast, where I talk to top leaders in the software field like Seth Godin, Andrew Warner of Mixergy, and many more. This is a show where we talk to proven founders about their zero to 30,000 MRR journey and beyond. Today's episode is brought to you by OneStop.io. We have 45 developers waiting to take your idea to fruition. If you want a reliable full stack development team with top talent that costs half as much as in house developers, and you know you can trust your SaaS or mobile app with us. We'll give you the first 30 days no risk, and we guarantee being on time and on budget, or we finish the project at no extra cost. Contact us at onestop.io, and we'll spec out your project today. Today, I have Mitch Bowler from Evolve Artist, Pencil Kings, and TikTok Lab. Mitch has been designing bubble applications to quickly prototype out an MVP, which has led him to create some world-class applications. Today, we're going to go through how Mitch discovered the problem for a new SaaS, how he used bubble to quickly prototype so that he could MVP out the product in 30 days. How are you today, Mitch? Doing very well. Good to be here. Great. So let's start out. Just tell me about who you are and what your background is. You got a sort of interesting background because you cover the art, I guess, what, vertical marketplace? Yeah. My journey as an artist started when I was about seven years old. My family, like working hard is one of their virtues. My grandpa was a farmer, worked really hard. I spent a lot of time on the farm and I knew that I was going to have to make money. Like since I was a kid, I was a paper boy. I'd do chores and get paid for it. And so that was just ingrained from a very young age. So when I was about seven, I heard this rumor that there was a video game coming out that would allow you to make your own video games. And I knew that someone had to make the games that I loved playing. And so since the age of seven, wanted to work in video games. I tried a bunch of different things and art seemed to be the thing that I gravitated towards most and which was the easiest. And so that's how I ended up being a video game artist. I did that from like the age seven till I think a day before my 30th birthday, I left my corporate job. Um, I was a technical art director at Activision Blizzard, which it's like the Activision that makes Call of Duty and Guitar Hero, a bunch of other games that you'll know of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realized that I just wanted to do something different with my life. I became a digital nomad. I started hanging around with entrepreneurs and just understanding the entrepreneur's journey and what that looks like. And I think that's where I met you, Jordy, on that path of going through learning how to build software products. Um, And recently, I've been working for about the last, I think the the question popped into my head about six years ago would be, how do we create a results guaranteed art program? What would that look like? And is such a crazy thing even possible? I tried doing it for about three years. Eventually, I found someone and I couldn't do it. That's why I'm like, it's not an easy thing to do. Like there's a reason why parents don't want their kids to go to art school. It's a very valid concern Mm -hmm. Um, because there's no kind of like pot of gold. There's no job at the end of the, at the end of the career. They couldn't even pay off their, their student debt. Is essentially what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I went to art school and most of my classmates, they had to go and be retrained 
in different skills like graphic design and other things because just this art path it's tough and um, so i was looking to create something that would have guaranteed results eventually i found someone who had a curriculum and he was getting 12 year olds as unbelievable as this sounds it's absolutely true 12 year old kids to do realistic paintings and when you can do realistic artwork there are jobs like there's all kinds of movie jobs and like realism is just a path where viable careers start to open up when you're doing weird stuff it doesn't that's really sort of the deliverable is a realistic uh is a program that can make you be able to paint realistically yeah and so this is evolve right this is evolve you're talking about this is evolve that i'm talking about and so mm -hmm. where the SaaS part of it comes in and the technology part is that there is a shortage of realistic art teachers um mm -hmm. just the way that that kind of uh educational landscape has changed over the decades so there's a shortage of these teachers so there are people that you can go to and learn realism in person but how do you do that over the internet and how do you do that at scale? And so that's where my background being like having that technical mind mm -hmm. um, of massive, massive scale art production. How do we bring that so that students can learn anywhere in the world and have the same experience that they would working side by side with the instructor? Now there's going to be changes. And that's where I started diving into technology solutions, looking for something that would allow us to make that a reality and there just was nothing there mm -hmm. so basically how our education works right now is for a lot of websites is forums and, okay. and chat rooms and that just wasn't going to cut it for what we needed and so that's where i started looking at custom solutions and thankfully the the like no code revolution is happening okay so that allowed me to have the tools that could okay so, so take me back to what was the original problem are you solving for your clients the big problem is momentum, which um, if you tried to do idea extraction on someone, I don't think that they would tell you that. And I feel like it's one of those, you know, if you ask the market what they want, they, you know, if, if, if we go back to Henry Ford and uh, as the story goes, people would tell you they want faster horses, but he mm -hmm. had to create a completely new solution because technology was changing and using technology to come up with a breakthrough solution. So for us, it's momentum in education, which is a little bit, I don't think I've ever verbalized it like this, but students get wins and keep having wins faster. So they build their confidence and motivation and have the fortitude to see the journey through to the, the others, you know, to get the skills that they actually want. Because it's, it's basically education, coaching and coaching, education and sort of what just guidance. Loosely, yeah, but there's a lot of things that we can do, uh, like to facilitate that journey once we have a platform. Yeah, it's community, right? It's also community, right? So it's motivation. Um, that's what that's essentially what Evolve does is brings all of yeah. these things together and sort of guides the student and motivates them to produce and get more wins so that they're achieving whatever uh, goals they've set for themselves yeah. artistically. Okay. How did you know that this was a problem? Uh, just from like, I've been in the art education market for about 14 years now online. And so I see the same problems coming up over and over again. And there's lots of free solutions for people. Like there's a, just an ocean of content on YouTube, but despite all this free content from literally some of the best artists in the world, students are still struggling. And so there was room for someone to try a different approach. Uh, to this problem and see if we can solve it for more students.
Okay. And so tell me about the, what, did you have an MVP for this or is it really you put together um, training yeah, for we, this? No, no, we had an MVP and it was, uh, I think it, I built it in about a weekend and it was connecting a CRM, like a help desk and with Zapier and an Airtable form. And that was our MVP, just like using existing technology to get up and going as quickly as we could. And then from there was when I started building the next version of this in bubble, which is way more fleshed out and does a whole lot more than the original one. Okay. So now the platform is on bubble, right? It's running on bubble. Yeah. Okay. So how was the first MVP received the first prototype? Tell me like, it was good. It worked. I mean, it was just tough to manage the, we didn't know what we were doing. We're just developing something completely new. So my philosophy is that when you're doing something completely new, you don't have anything to benchmark against. And the best thing to do is just get something in front of people as quickly as possible and then figure out what the real problems are and what you need to build. Because otherwise you're just engineering for no, you know, based on your gut feeling versus what people actually need. And so what- did you have users? Did somebody say that they would pay you for, I mean, were you speaking to users before? Like we just, we just launched and it was ready to go. Like from day one, that was our, that was how we started the business. Okay, so the traffic, did you have a community, a Facebook community or something that you were speaking to? It's like, if we build this, what do you guys think? Or or you just literally built it and put up a couple of blog posts and traffic started to come from that or what? We just built it because um, I had been in the space for a long time. I had been building an audience. And so I knew that my audience had this problem of wanting to get predictable results with their artwork. And so pretty much anything that we built, they were you know, that was going to be how we, how we presented it and what they were going to use to, in order to develop their skills. Okay. And so how long was it before you were using the MVP to transitioning to bubble? I think we used that for maybe four to six months. It was quite a while to use such a, such a, and it was just like a kind of Frankenstein together, uh, air tables and a couple few other. Yeah. I remember reading a blog post about somebody who had built a successful SAS, just Frankensteining things together. And I just thought, yeah. oh, why, you know, why not? Right. Like if that's all you yeah. need to solve the problem, try it out. But eventually, you know, you reach limitations and then that's when you want to start to build custom things. Okay. And so how many users were you when you um, switched over to Bubble? Would you say about? About a hundred or so. Okay. A hundred. And, and these are all the, what's the price? How does the price point work for this? Is it, was it a, a group coaching that's a one-time fee or is it a monthly? Yeah. So like our pricing has changed. I think back in the beginning, we, because it's a course, right? And so the software yeah. powers the course or works together to power it. So initially I think we were charging people $300 per block and we have four blocks in our curriculum. So it'd be about $1,200 for what they get. That was a crazy deal though. And because we also send supplies to our students and that's another part of like why we needed a custom software solution was to manage that inventory and shipping and all that stuff. Um, and so if somebody signs up today, you pay either $2,000 one-time payment, and then you can take as long as you want to finish the course. But we look at it like a college tuition or you pay one ninety. dollars a lot cheaper though. Yeah. 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 When I looked into and did the research, Art college can cost so much money. It's it's really wild. Like easily over a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars. 
you know, some of them over $200,000 and it just makes it really inaccessible. You're taking a lot of different courses that are actually helping you get the results that you need right. in your art, right? Yeah. So you're taking English and other sorts of requirements. Yeah. Yeah. So people can either pay $2,000 as a one time or $199 per month. And then with that, they get about $1,000 worth of supplies uh, delivered to their door anywhere in the world, free shipping. So it's about half the price goes to your materials, which you're going to need to make art anyway. And then the other half is like supporting all the instructors and future development and all that. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So how long did it take you to prototype out from the Frankenstein to the first bubble version? Like how long did that take you? I want to say it was like two or three months and I worked together because I was learning. I started pretty much from scratch and, um, I was working with a coach to help me through some of this as well as the coach was building some of the more difficult pieces that I, you know, it was just above what I was capable to do at the time, but there was lots of simple tasks that I could build. And honestly, bubble was amazing. It was the tool that I've wished that I had since I was a kid that allows me to basically build without any limitations and do it very quickly. Okay. So a couple of months, but that was because you didn't really know you had to learn bubble. How long would you say it took you to sort of get comfortable enough that you could kind of go in and and say, okay, I know that we need to say build this dashboard and needs to have notifications or something like how, how long was it before that you could comfortably navigate your way around bubble? Like I followed a tutorial that got us to build an Airbnb clone. So like you get comfortable quite quickly, but then you find that there's just custom things that you want to do that unless, you know, it's kind of like art education, a lot of different things. Like it's fine when you're following the tutorial, but as soon as you go off that path, then you're kind of lost and you don't really have confidence. So it took a while. And I think right from the beginning, I knew this is something that I, I really enjoyed. Like I, I, I just like, it. it's just fun to do. And so investing in a coach was pretty easy decision because it was a skill that I wanted. And she helped bridge a lot of the gaps that I was encountering while I was going through this t- tutorial. So I started building the Airbnb app and then quickly realized, Hey, I might as well just build my own app while I'm doing this. So Um, that's what I did. Okay. So that was the sort of the idea was like, I want to learn how to redo this, but I don't want to have to learn, you know, like react or something like that. One of the other Java or Python or something. It's like, you wanted to do the zero code, go that route. Do you think it was because, was it just too daunting for you to take on like learning how to, you didn't want to become a full developer. It's it's too boring. It's not too daunting. I can do it, but it's like, I think as an artist being visually oriented, this was the path. Like my parents, they tried to push me into being a developer and I looked at it and like, I'm a technical or I was a technical artist. So that basically means I'm a script kitty uh, for the developers in the crowd. Like I can edit code, I can modify things. I can write simple code, but I'm not a developer and I never wanted to be a developer. And anytime I've tried to, learn that it's just too painful it's not visual enough and so bubble is that perfect okay perfect bridge between the two of them because you spend most of the time on the visual front end stuff and then you're or actually it's like half and half you're flipping from visual back to the back end and you're doing everything all at the same time okay okay that makes sense so so in the beginning how often were you using the coach I set up like weekly, we would meet. So I, I knew that every week I was pushing my project forward and I had at least an hour okay. with the coach to go through things. And how often are you meeting with her now? 
are you past that point now? Yeah, the coach doesn't do doesn't do coaching like that anymore. So um, all coaching no code apps is her website that you can find. Her name's Gabby. She's amazing, but she doesn't do yeah. uh, coaching in this way anymore. So maybe it was just one of those meant to be kind of moments that I had her it's like more consulting. Yeah. But I mean, do you run into problems now? It was pretty rare that you can't figure it out yourself. Yeah, it's pretty rare these days. So I'm pretty self-sufficient okay. with it and I can figure out what I need to do most of the time. Depending, like I like simple little apps and I think simplicity is one of the values that I try to bring to everything that I do. Okay. So now the Bubble app has been going, running the platform essentially now, what, for two years or so? Yeah. Would you say that's about right? And you guys just recently reached your around 30,000 MRRs, so, somewhere around there, right? So that, yeah. I'm just trying to, for the shows. Yeah. Steadily growing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going well. Do you see yourself transitioning away from Bubble at, you know, I mean, or is it, to, is it fine? I think if there's a, if there's an application that makes it easier and faster then I would consider it. But for right now, um, it can do everything that I want and it can help me take the ideas that I have in my head and, and execute on them really quickly. So I, I think I'll just stick with it, you know? Okay. So I want to transition now into the, into the SAS that we developed together. And for our listeners, part of the reason I brought Mitch on the show is because first of all, it was his idea for the SAS, but the execution of this MVP, I've done a lot of MVPs, probably, I don't know, maybe a at least 50 and and this one was one of the smoothest and i really think it was because of that bubble and if i could tell my clients about how you know how smooth bubble went i think a lot of them would probably take the time to build that first initial rollout but first let's talk about the idea for the SaaS, how did you come up with the idea? And just tell us what the what, what the SaaS sure. is about. Yeah, so um, I I'm just constantly learning, reading books, taking part in different training programs, different communities, and really focused on business and the, kind of the business mindset. And so one of the pieces of advice that I see business coaches constantly giving people is to track your time. It's like almost every program there's a component where it says track your time and I've tried doing it before, but it didn't really work. And there was just something about, I think, I don't know if it's just that I was in the right place, but I just got more serious about it. And I started tracking my income versus my time specifically. And so mm -hmm. I pay myself a monthly salary. And then I was looking at how much time am I spending on the business? And I wanted to track that and see, just see what the data would tell me. Because I think a lot of the times we operate on autopilot and there's a lot of stuff going on under the surface that if we had some way of tracking it, then we could start to make more informed decisions. And for me, it was a huge eye opener um, because I realized that for what I was paying myself with these startup companies, it was nothing. Like I would make way more money working at Starbucks uh, than I would working in my business, which it seems kind of crazy. Like, how can you have a successful business, but then you're paying yourself so little? And the way that I have operated things, it's usually the business is, there's a certain point, there's like a line where after that line, then that's where the owner starts to get compensated in a huge way. But before you hit that line, there's almost nothing. Like everything just goes back into yeah. the business. And so that's what I built the tool and started to play with the idea of, of time, time compared to income. 
Okay, time compared. And it started uh, just with the spreadsheet, right? You started with the spreadsheet. Did you design the spreadsheet or did you find did somebody else uh, ha already have this spreadsheet that, that sort of helped with the with the time tracking? No, I just designed it as I, as I went and looked at where it was annoying. So for example, entering in your time, that the way that the tool works or the way that the concept works is that you track your time down to the second. So there are just little things that I had to learn, like, you know, you can write formulas and whatnot, but there's also other simple things that were already built in, like using shortcut keys in order to enter your time and, and how did that all work? And so I think it was probably like 10 or 20 hours spent on the spreadsheet, even as simple as it is, just tweaking little things, adjusting it, but then just doing it as I go and really having this um, kind of curious mind as I was using it. And that's where everything... I think kicked off and where I started to see some really amazing wins because finally I could see exactly where I'll just like, I, once I was able to calculate things because I was spending, you know, 10, 11, 12, 14 hours a day at the computer. Once I calculated it, I was earning something like $3 ish per hour, which that's where it's one of those moments where you don't realize how it's not like I was treating myself poorly because I enjoy working on my businesses, but it's one of those moments where, you just have to face the music. It's like you didn't, you never tracked that thing. So there's no way for you to know how good or bad you were doing. And I like, I really started nerding out about this idea and to get, it's, it's kind of hard. So $3 an hour, you can put that in comparison with Starbucks, which I think where I live minimum wage is something like $11 and 20 cents. So we're already mm -hmm. like three, four times, like I, I don't know Less if I could arrest myself wage, yeah. or report myself <laughs> yeah, for underpaying, yeah. but it's about four times. Yeah. And to put into perspective, you can find survey data for different jobs and compare yourself. And as an entrepreneur, we can't really compare. Like all we talk about is how much money is your business making? But if you look at it on a per hour, now you can compare yourself to a doctor, for example, or a lawyer. And yeah, the lawyer yeah. might bill out at some crazy amount, but their per hour of when, you, when you factor in all the admin, all the other stuff, it starts to chop that that really impressive number down pretty quickly. The billable hours as a ver versus the total working hours. Yeah. yeah. So that's essentially what it is. So for anyone that's sort of trying to visualize what this, uh, the concept is, is basically taking your total work hours and segmenting them into individual tasks and putting a price on the tasks. Would you say that's accurately uh, what the spreadsheet did? A absolutely. Like, and it, it starts to make you aware of like where your time is going. There's just so many insights that you get. And these are the insights that I had. I don't know what insights you had, Jordy. But for example, this morning, I know that making coffee, when I, it takes 16 minutes now, or that's what it takes on average to make a cup of a pot of coffee, to boil mm -hmm. the water and everything. Mm -hmm. And that costs me $2.67 or something based on what I pay myself now. Yeah. And so... It's just changes your relationship to time and money and you start to make better decisions, which ultimately ends up freeing up more time because you're just like, well, I'm going to get more efficient and I'm going to turn this into a game. And it also lets you see what a raise will do. And so you can start looking at ways that you can more efficiently raise your monthly income. Yes. Okay. All right. So tell me about taking the spreadsheet then to to bubble like how did you transform the the spreadsheet into bubble and how long did that take you so yeah once the original spreadsheet was done and we'd use it for a while i think it was two days 
or, or like a weekend. Two days on bubble. So, so we're talking 10 hours? Yeah, some, 12 yeah, hours. Probably like 12 hours, something like that to get okay. a prototype done. And then there was other yeah. things that got added onto it, but there was like a workable clone of the spreadsheet. Yeah. And I can attest to that because I started using it. I should clarify too, that we started testing the concept of the spreadsheet probably what was like maybe a month we were sort of testing the concept of the of the spreadsheet you and i both using it i think maybe a few other people were using it the reason that i found it like i went from moving to a spreadsheet to say oh my god we got to sass this out was because i also noticed with my time like you know like just small things and the example that was for me was my aha moment was was going and messing around with like social media graphics, you know? So I have like three blogs that I manage. Um, and with that, you know, my content writer will post something. I don't like the image he does. I want to go change the image, right? So it says, okay, you know, it's going to take, it's going to take me a day to go to Fiverr or something like that, or tell him to redo it, get one of my designers. So it's like, I'll just do it myself. So I spent, you know, I would just, at this time I was tracking myself and, you know, you lose track of time, but by the time I started the task and figured out that you got the, you know, like I'm not that great with, with graphics. So I ended up spending an hour on something. And, uh, you know, for me, I pay myself more than, than you're talking about more than Starbucks wages, but I just realized, you know, like I just spent an hour. And so my time is say 50, 60 an hour or something. I could find someone for $15 to easily have done this way better and faster than me. And so that's when I started to realize I needed to delegate and, you know, start being really uh, methodical about looking at my time that way and deciding what I, what I needed to do with my time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So the app basically then from bubble, I guess we were using it for maybe three weeks or a month or so. Would you say that's right? I think I used it longer, but yeah. It's, I think what it was is we were using it longer, but we decided once we had decided it was in prototype, we wanted to basically MVP, get, build an MVP for it. And the reason was, you know, you had realized that your time was going to be better spent not building this in bubble, right? That was the idea. Yeah. And my inclination to always want to learn everything and do everything myself. And so I think just having the app be at arm's length was a part of my decision of why it made more sense to have a development team. So it became an actual business that, you know, it's not draining my time like everything else was. And that's was part of the insight that the tool gave me. Yeah. So basically we brought it to my team and we decided that we're going to build this SAS MPPL. We were very specific. We said, you need to build this in 30 days. And so we set a budget and because we had the bubble prototype he took he was able to basically look at that and he was able to spec it out like down to the hour you know essentially for him to recreate this we build out some additional functionality like a payment gateway some user onboarding but essentially we had a full-fledged mvp which we've now launched in 30 days right i really believe because yeah. first of all we had the spreadsheet so you know anyone that's listening should really think about like, you know, that you want to build a SaaS, you know, you get the spreadsheet, get something, an idea that's really solid, and then think about using bubble. And as you say, you can learn it in a weekend pretty much, eh? I don't know about learning it in a weekend. It's, it was more involved. 
but once you know how to use it, you can prototype something extremely quickly. That's right. Like you, if you, you can build a functioning app in a weekend. Yeah, you can build a functioning app. You can't learn it in a weekend, but you can learn it relatively quickly. And the reason I said that is yeah. I spoke to somebody else who said they prototype their MVP with zero background in Bubble in two days. And so I think Whoa. maybe Bubble is getting better. I don't know, because um, do you think it's getting more intuitive? Than when you first started to it, it's hard to say I, I don't go back to the tutorials like i just yeah. work on my project now so i can't speak so okay so how has using the application now it's we've moved away from bubble to the mvp how is it like dictating the way your day evolves and your projects evolve using this time management system I think it's still similar at the moment and i know we built out new things like the reporting suite and so I'm pretty much using it just like I was before to test it out and look for areas where the whole thing can just be made simpler and smoother. But what I am looking forward to doing, because this gives me more insight, is one of the things that we do in the tool is that you rate all of your tasks on what you want to do with it, delete, automate, or delegate. And so what I'm looking forward to is having that list of, okay, here's all the things you put on your delegate list. And then bringing that back to my team and saying like, hey, who wants to take these tasks? And that's one of the ways that I'm going to boost my hourly income. Like I've already boosted it. I've done several things to get past that initial sort of like sticker shock of how low it was. But this will be another way where now it's viable that Fridays could be a free day for me or that all my afternoons could be free. That's one of the realizations that I had from using the tool originally was that by being more efficient and intentional about the work that I had to get done, then all of a sudden my afternoons freed up. So I started running again. I started doing other things and having more fun in my afternoons. And that was me. I don't know what other people are going to have, what kind of insights, but I just think that there's a breakthrough for anyone who starts looking at these numbers on a daily basis. There's no doubt in my mind that there's a breakthrough for everybody. How much are you working now because of this app? Like how many hours are you, would you say? Because you were saying before you were 12, right? These days it's a lot more. I just hired on a COO to take me out of operations. And so during that transition, uh-huh. there was a lot more work to be done to get that person up to speed. But ideally, I think my week, how I want to structure it is that I work from Monday to Thursday from 6am till noon. And then that's it four days a week, about six hours a day where I support the team in the morning. And then they know that they're on their own in the afternoon. And then Friday's a day off. And that to me, it seems like I'm still in touch with the business and still have lots of room to enjoy life. And it's a really solid balance of what I really wanted to get to. I think in my 20s, I was fine to work all the time, but now it's more about working smarter than working harder. And that's it for me. How about you? What's your ideal mix? Uh, mine is about, mine is, um, I'm more sort of, I basically go seven to seven, but I have about three to four hours mixed in there where I'm outside. So like I'm either out with my wife having lunch, I'm going for a run. I live in the mountains, so I might be going skiing. So like for me, it's, uh, you know, that's, that's like the ideal day for me, seven to seven, or, you know, even seven to five sometimes. But, um, but as you say, like, because I'm tracking my time, you know, there is, I do put a value on, on that time to have lunch. I don't care. I mean, it's more important than that, but it also shows you like, you know, it shows you that, okay, 
I've gotten very good about saying, I, I don't want to do anything more than once. So if I see myself repeating something, I say, okay, I need to figure out this is something I need to automate. And so I hired an automations expert who I have a weekly meeting with now, once a week. And I say, we go down through my list of the things that need to be automated that I track now. And then I give her these tasks. So every week, if there's something that's like, even if it yeah. took me like, five minutes it's like it's annoying because it's like sort of something you have to think about uh and so i automate it so i've got a little list i run a report and i give it to her and she automates it uh or you know one of my developers is automating it that's so exciting so cool so yeah it's been a huge breakthrough for me as well we're obviously learning how to use the app together we just onboarded um somebody that's gonna replace toggle with it which is kind of interesting so yeah i think it's been going well i think uh and it's something that that is sort of more of almost a passion project would you say for us because it's we're in the entrepreneur community and we want to kind of improve people's lives absolutely and i think we built it with these certain constraints in mind because we both have our main gigs this app is more of i mean it's helping me out immensely it's been designed from the ground up with certain intentions that prevents it from becoming the problem that it's designed to solve. That's right. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So we're getting close to the top of the hour. I just want to thank you for your time, Mitch. How can people find you? So I think if you're interested in painting and that kind of stuff, go to evolveartist.com. If you're interested in tracking your time and time efficiency, that's over at tiktoklab.com and it's T-I-C-K-T-O-C-K. LAB.com. That's right. Not to be confused with the other TikTok app out there, yeah. right? And so just think of it as like TikTok, you're tracking your time in, time, in the yeah. lab, then you're being intentional about it and kind of taking the scientist's mind to it. And there'll be more, I mean, everything is very new, but we have a blog coming up there. And so there'll be more information on how to manage your time more efficiently there. Great. Thanks so much, Mitch. Yeah, no problem. Good to be here. Thanks for listening to the Big Break Software Podcast with your host, Jordy Wardman. Be sure to click subscribe and check us out on the web. Keep listening and your software Big Break could be right around the corner. <music>